Welcome to Lemmy Works, brought to you by Leadership Education Mentoring Institute. We are inspiring parents, mentors, and communities as they embark on the journey of transformational project-based education. Hi, this is Tatiana Fallon. Hi, this is Heidi Christensen. We're so excited to be your hosts. Hi, everyone. We are so excited today to have uh, Tara Martin here. Uh, another one of our amazing Lemmy trainers. And uh, Tara, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay. We always ask everybody at the very beginning, you know, just give us some background. You know, what made you start homeschooling, you know, and then how did you find Lemmy in leadership education? Um, yeah, that's my favorite part of the story, actually. So I grew up and homeschoolers were weird, you know? <laughs> so I never, I was never going to homeschool um, until I had a child. And then I, we did a kind of a co-op preschool thing. And even during then I was like, how could anybody homeschool their kid all the time? And I was only teaching like a day or two a week, right? Every other week, maybe if that. Um, but through that co-op, I had a friend who, um, she home, she was homeschooled and she was planning to homeschool and she was um, hosting book discussions in her home and she invited me and we read um, Thomas Jefferson, Education, Leadership Education. And um, so I read that book and I just had a huge paradigm shift for what education was. And I've always been a little bit of a black sheep in the don't tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, and I felt like that just gave me permission that, you know, this is okay. I can stand up. I can be different and I can do what I want to do. Um, so I, my husband and I prayed about it and I started really looking into it. And um, at the time we lived in a place where there was a really awesome bilingual program and I was teaching my daughter Spanish. I spoke Spanish to her all the time. And so I was, had this pull of like, oh, but she has this opportunity to go into this bilingual program. And um, I was back and forth for a long time. And then I just, God said, nope, we're homeschooling. And so we made the decision and dove head first. And my friend who originally introduced me to Thomas Jefferson Education had moved away. And so I called her up and I said, hey, um, well, how do I do this? <laughs> what do I do? I want to homeschool. I don't know. I don't know anybody that does that. I need to, how do I do this? And she said, well, you should find a Commonwealth. Um, that would be the biggest support. So go look and see if you can find a Commonwealth. And so she, she kind of gave me some pointers. I started looking and um, at the time there was a group that was splitting off and starting their own from a different group. They'd grown too big. And so I went to their gathering project and that I didn't know that that's what it was called. I was just going to a book club, you know, I, so I went to this book club and I started to go and we were reading these books and discussing books. And then they were, we had the school to start the school and um, they asked me to serve as secretary on the board, which was really awesome. Um, because at the time we were in grad school, I knew we weren't going to end up in that area in the long run. And I just had the feeling like, learn all you can about how to make a community like this. So you can go make one later. And so I did, I dove in, I did, I helped as secretary. Um, I was able to see the ins and outs and how to create and what that whole process looked like and was with that school for um, 
three or four years. And then we moved, we got a job right during COVID. So we moved in 2020 and, um, uh, I had learned what I needed to know. And I had attended Lemmy. They had, they, they actually, I was able to attend two Lemmy classes while I was at that school. Um, I did pyramid and then Georgics the summer I was leaving. Um, so I was introduced to Lemmy that direction there and then came and we're in Wyoming now in Cheyenne and we, I started a gathering project again and we had a group of moms and we would get together every month and we would discuss books and topics and ideas. And, um, and then one day in the, like in January, February, my, one of my friends was like, Tara, we should start a co-op. And I was like, I've got something better than a co-op come with me. <laughs> and that's where we dove into starting our own library community. So you said that you're the type of person that doesn't like to be told or doesn't like to be told what to do or doesn't like it when t- people tell you, you can't do something. Hmm. Both. Give me both. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so as I was thinking, it's like, do you feel like that is more common of a trait among homeschoolers who choose to do leadership education I know this is kind of totally out there and I don't know if you've seen it or even made that but I would because I'm like I'm the same way man I really don't like it when people tell me what to do like not to get super political but that's like one of the biggest reasons why sometimes I don't do something like who's telling me to do this like you know (laughs) what's the end behind this (laughs) yeah I don't I don't this sounds sus to me because that sounds like I don't you know so I'm wondering if like that character trait, what kind of would you say if you could give it a name, what would it be? And then is it something that like most people who do leadership education have? Is it, It's not stubbornness because I don't think that's what it is. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a name for that. Would it be like, I don't know, independence, a love for your freedom, determination, yeah, I think independent. Yeah, I just want to be independent. I don't want to be forced to do anything. Yeah, if I choose to do it, yeah, then I'll, I'll totally do that. But well, and I will say is when we moved here and I was trying to introduce this idea, nobody knew about leadership education. I had one friend who had heard of it, and that's it. So then when I was trying to introduce this concept and idea, it really like, and it is as people join our group, they have a hard time of letting go of being ruled by a curriculum or being ruled by like, here's exactly what you're going to do and expecting to be told, like, here's exactly what your day is going to look like. And you're going to do math here and you're going to do language arts here. And it's going to look like this very public school at home, um, which it can be. I mean, leadership education is the, fitting the individual's needs. And so maybe there are some families that need that too. But um, it has been interesting to see how people um, come around to it and just that it does, it takes a perspective shift that you are in charge this is your family's education your education and you don't wait around to be told what to do I've found that a lot of people who have been drawn to leadership education have their start originally in like Charlotte Mason I feel like at least in here where I'm at the, the, the families that have stuck around in our commonwealth are the families that really have a strong foundation in Charlotte Mason so I while I've read Charlotte Mason when I was like in college 
but I hadn't read it as an educator. So <laughs> I feel like like if you don't read a book with the intent to do something with it, you pretty much don't get much of the book. But anyways, so I'm rereading Charlotte Mason right now. And one of the um, big, like the foundational elements of Charlotte Mason is that your child is born as a whole person. Um, and I think that's something as I as I've been trying to understand leadership education and how it fits into like other philosophies and you know basically find the principles that are universal between you know different education philosophies what i've realized is that i think the idea of like this that your child is a whole person and not to be not to be looked down upon or made excuses for i think it connects a lot with um like the leadership education principle of um you and them because if you see your child as a whole person and you build that relationship with them, then you need to be, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't look like a vertical relationship. It looks like a more of a horizontal relationship. And so what I've seen is I think the people who can do leadership education easier or fit better to it are the ones who are already very much like I need to do like, like I need to be they're okay with themselves. I get, okay, here's what I'm trying to say. The people I see who fit in wealth education have a very strong sense of self. Would you agree with that? Um, yes, but I feel like there that you can come around to it. I think because that's what leadership education teaches you is it teaches you to be okay with who you are and to really grasp and take ownership for who you are and the things that you learn. So as adults, as mothers who are coming in and trying to implement this and didn't grow up with it. It does. It takes a community, and that's the important. I think that's the importance of library community because it takes, it takes the community to be able to help you learn that it's okay and to let go of those check boxes and those things that other people are telling you, and to be okay with you, and to have courage and confidence in you as a mother and in your d- decision making skills for your family and being able to navigate what's best for your child. Yeah, I think you're right on that community. Um, I know that. A lot of people, when they get it, first get into leadership education, they get into it because they see the results in other kids and in other families, and that's what they want. They see that, you know, that individuality and these these kids are amazing. They have this good work ethic. Ethic. They really love learning, and you know, they come to the plays, and it's like, oh, I want that for my kids. But then they they are so stuck into that conveyor belt mentality. They just don't know anything else. And so having that community, I just feel is so important because I mean, so many of us have been raised even, you know, today, it's like, we don't have the community that they had, you know, years ago that even our parents grew up with. We just don't have that. We're, we're so, scattered and so providing a community to support people in this i just i just think that one thing that community is just so impactful for i mean for the kids but also for the 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 fa- the parents the moms i mean oh my gosh you know is that something you found tara oh yes for sure because even as someone who i because i've been doing leadership education since my kid was five right that's when i first read the tj ed book And even as someone who's been for that long into it, I still need the reminder. I still need the community to help because, you know, it's a roller coaster. Sometimes you're feeling on top of the world, like I can do everything. 
And then the next day it's like, oh shoot, I'm screwing up my kids. What am I doing? But having that community underneath you to help solidify that line a little bit and to help um, make it so it's not as high or like, you know, you're not going as low as you would um, is huge because you can rely on their wisdom. You can rely on their confidence in you and um, the things that they can, they, the things they give and provide to your children too. I also think that one of the things that community gives to your children is that strong sense of developing self. Um, we, uh, and this, this was example from our church community, but um, my daughter's teacher at church is an older gentleman. He's in his seventies and we heard that he got sick. We were worried about him. And so we decided we would go visit him yesterday. And I said, do you want to come with me? And she's like, Oh yeah, I really want to go make sure he's okay. So my daughters came with me and um, we went to just check on him and see how he was doing. And we spent like an hour and a half just talking to him and his 91 year old mother telling us stories, visiting with us and just laughing and stuff. But as we were leaving, he said, cause it's, it's a new year. So like all the kids change classes and stuff. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to lose you in my class. And she's like, yeah, I know. And he's like, well, I just want to let you know, I've been teaching this for almost 20 years and he said I love it so that's why I do it but he's like there's only two kids that have had as big of an impact on me as I mean there's only two kids that have had huge impact and he named a, a, a young girls and then he named and you and like to me as a parent I was like there's I mean there's so many times I could say to my daughter you're just you're doing great you're totally fine like I know you're struggling I know you think that you're not okay but to have somebody in the community independent of your family someone you respect and look up to tell you you're awesome and you're doing great is like that's so much more cementing in there especially for for girls sometimes boys they don't need to be told that because they're extra cocky but but like especially for my daughter to like get that um affirmation of like it's okay like even if I feel like and it's it was such a big deal for her because just the day previous she had um she had this goal of practicing six months straight which I think was a little bit of an intense goal I don't know if I really (laughs) I was okay with her going for that but like literally not missing a day of practice and she had gotten to 120 days and she had a crazy busy day and she missed her streak that night that very the day before and she was so upset she couldn't sleep all night granted she's nine so I mean like she's kind of intense but like she couldn't sleep and I was trying to help her feel like it's okay when we have failures and all these things but like to have this person in our community come and tell her that she not only is okay but she's doing great it was so much more healing than anything I could have done or said for her and I think some people don't realize that um, you can't just like buy that relationship, right? You can't just pay for enough coaching lessons or other things for that relationship to be formed. Like those relationships have to come through acts of service. And so he's so he's serving her and we've served him. And in that act of service, then that relationship is built. So now she can get a very strong sense of self you know, from someone that's not her parents. And so I just love how you say, like, it's not just benefiting the moms in the Commonwealth, like, it's also benefiting the children to gain that strong sense of who am I? And it was interesting because when we originally interviewed uh, Anelody, we said, 
for the podcast, we said, you know, we want to interview graduates. What's one of the things that you want that when you were creating Lemmy with Tiffany, what's the outcome you wanted? Like, what were you hoping would be the kids when they graduated and went into the world? And she said, we wanted them to have a very strong sense of who they are and be very confident in that sense of who they are. And I think, Heidi, like, as we've done that, as we've done interviews with graduates, like, I would say that's a pretty strong theme with all of them. Like, Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So it's just encouraging to know, like, even though you're in a commonwealth and it struggles, because <laughs> that's what they do. <laughs> Whenever like, you're working with humans, you're going to encounter struggles. <laughs> yeah, pick your pick your battle. It's going to happen anywhere. Um, so it that there there really is such longevity in their in how in much impact they'll have in your child, you know, in the in development of their self. For so, sure, that, I can tell my daughter something. And then she goes and hears it from her mentors at our Commonwealth and it, she hears it. <laughs> Whereas with me, you know, it's like, oh, you're my mom. You have to tell me this or, you know, it doesn't hold as much clout almost because it's I'm her mother. I'm, I have to love her because she's my daughter. Um, but when it comes from her mentors at our Commonwealth, it just it it holds a different kind of power behind it. And it's huge. And I've noticed that I've, as I've watched my scholars grow um we're two and a half years in and I've had some kids through this whole time and even our kids that have joined this year from day one to the last day of the semester was huge their growth was huge their confidence you can just see in their faces um it really is and it's because you're surrounded by people who are rooting you on who have um the same not that we're all the, we're not the, all the exact same people, right? We think different. We have, we have different beliefs, but you have this leadership education in common and this value of education and educating your children. It really does hold impact for your kids and the impact that we're able to have on other people's kids too. So you've talked about leadership education and you said when you read the book, it was very like transformational. Is there a specific aspect of leadership education that you feel really impacted you the the greatest or <clears throat> was like a, a very foreign concept that you, you really thought was life-changing um you should have asked me this question two weeks ago so i could think <laughs> <of it. laughs> something well, that really stood out to you about leadership education like wow didn't know that or didn't think about that or yeah, to give you an example, I mean, I'll answer it to kind of give you a little bit of time to think about it too. Like for me, when I read um, the TJ Ed book, the idea that everybody was a genius, you know, that was so impactful to me because I'm like, and I mean, really, I mean, it has hugely impacted my life in so many different ways. But I remember reading that and then going to my husband and looking him in his in his eyes just intensely and I said you are a genius and he almost teared up and I was just like oh my gosh you know if an if this can impact an adult male like this you know think about because I I believe it I believe he is a genius you know but and he could see that in my eyes that I was being sincere I wasn't just you know flippantly saying oh you're a genius you know no, I really believe it. But when we can look at our kids and say, 
you are a genius. Oh my gosh, you know, you are a genius. Let me help you see that for yourself and put you in situations where you can you can develop these uh, the abilities and skills and you know so that you can actually you know share that vision of genius with um you know with me you can you can see that and then find a mission that kind of um can use that genius in order to be able to share it with the world it's just that that was what impacted me the most yeah, that's huge. I think um, one of the things that stands out to me um, is I knew that we all had a purpose. I knew I had a purpose on this earth, but I think that I just didn't realize or hadn't connected the dots that I am my actions, the things, my education is going to impact how much I can live that. And it's like that quote, I'm going to quote it wrong. So I'm not, I'm not going to quote it because I'm going to quote it wrong. But it's like when they say like, um, when you get tapped on the shoulder, are you ready? Are you, are you ready for that? Do you know what, do you know what's what I'm talking about? Um, I do. It's from Esther. I think when God taps you on the, on the shoulder, are you prepared for that, for that? Or are you going to miss your chance? Um, and that our education has so much impact on our ability to serve and to be able to lead and to give. And I wanted for my children, I wanted them to have that. And I grew up, I went to public school. And so um, when I first started homeschooling, my mom's like, well, you're fine. Look how great you turned out. <laughs> um, and so, I, but the, the thing is, like, I felt like it wasn't until my adult years that I realized the power that I had. And I wanted my kids, I want my kids to know that they have power now, that they are geniuses now. They don't have to wait and that they can make an impact on the world. Um, as youth and that they really can, they can take ownership. They don't have to just wait for something to fall into their laps, that they can decide what they want to do and work towards it. And um, it's through their education that they're able to own their lives really. Yeah. I, I actually have those quotes because um, there's one from Esther and it's Esther 414 and it's who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And then there, the one that you were referring to is from Winston Churchill, and it's to every man comes a time, that special moment when he is figuratively tapped on the shoulder and offered the chance to do a special thing unique to him and fitted to his talent. What a tragedy if that moment finds him unqualified for the work, which would be his finest hour. Yes, that's uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> I love those quotes. Those those actually were part of um, the governing document that um, I was part of writing. And so um, that's, that's why I'm like, oh, I know those. <laughs> we're interrupting this broadcast to invite you to ask questions or share your epiphanies in the comment section. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a good review on the platform you are using, because that really helps others find our content. Also, check out our website at lemmymentortraining.com. I think something that gets overlooked or or just not emphasized enough, though, is like um, how those finest hours don't, for the majority of people, don't end up being like 
these epic, you know, Mr. Gorbachev's tear down that wall or, you know, like, um, you know, never, 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 never give in or like those, those moments we think of in history is like, oh yeah, that's when this was like, we were totally rocking it, you know, but like, I think those finest moments for me that I'm like, thinking back in, 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 in my, in the, in my life, it's like, it's like it's four in the morning when you are been up all night with the baby in with the earache you know like literally not slept and baby's crying and screaming and you still have the grace enough to not be angry and mad at the baby for keeping you up all night like you know and you can hold the baby and still be loving and kind as they cry you know like that that to me is a very powerful finest moment that does take a lot of you know stimulus and response growth like Covey talks about you know you have to widen that gap and and it's interesting because you you think oh I can do that by practicing it's like well no let's not practice losing sleep like <laughs> that's like that's not gonna happen like that's a really dumb idea but like um I, for me as I've had those moments where it's just really physically or emotionally exhausting I really think one of the most powerful things that's helped me is to like to the classics that I've read you know like, I'm like, okay, how much do I love my child? I'm like, I love my child just as much as, you know, Fontaine loves her child. And look what she had to go through for her child. I can do a night without sleep. You know, it's like moments like that where the stories of from the classics, that's really helped me. And so I, as I get more educated and continue to get more educated, I find that those are the things that really help me define um my finest moments and bridge that stimulus and response because of all that that shared I guess it's called like I don't know what to call that but it just I mean that knowledge you're gaining really so um sorry for that really uh out of the box question <laughs> you no, felt not, but I think what you said is spot on because I think too often we think that our mission is going to be some grand world changing thing um when in reality it could just be changing your sphere of influence and your family and you personally, even like that those little finest hours are what make up our lives. Right. And that the things that we're doing now are preparing us, not necessarily just for the big moments that may or may not happen. Those huge ones that we see in history, read about in history, but for the little day to days and especially like in communities where there's so much that can happen as you're working with 15, 20, 30 different women, um, but it's those little finest hours to be able to build those relationships and to maintain them through the hard times and to get through the difficulties like those count too. And I think it's important, like you said, that we emphasize that to our kids, that the finest hour it may not necessarily be a big thing that the whole world is going to see, but it's going to be those little, little moments of impact that we have in the lives of others. Yeah. I, I also think that like one thing that I think people are turned away from with leadership education is the idea of <clears throat> what's happening now you know like when like we've get criticized for people being like leadership education doesn't work and and I, I would always have this conversation I often have this conversation with people they'll be like calling me like my kid's a failure they're not this and then I have those same thoughts you know because it doesn't look like I mean, some kids are like above grade level, but a lot of kids aren't above grade level 
And so it, it can be really scary. So how have you as a leader in the community and also in your own family helped address those fears of like, how is my kid enough? Am I doing enough? What's, what have you found as like helpful with confronted by those? Oh my gosh, this isn't working. <laughs> um, trust the process is something I like I repeatedly say, just trust the process. And it was hard. Because when we started this community, um, it was two and a half years ago. So my oldest was 10. I didn't have a scholar. So I, I couldn't be the proof for all these families to say, hey, come do this awesome thing because look how awesome my scholar is. you know. Um, so a lot of it was um, just teaching and showing people um, the impact that it's had on me as an adult and the growth of an adult and then sharing experience of other of my friends who have gone through leadership education and who have scholars who have gone beyond that. And now that my daughter, so my daughter, my daughter is 12 this year. She is doing the scholar projects at our school and she's starting to transition. She's making that transition from love of learning to scholar phase. And it's been such a testament to me for leadership education. Cause you know, I go through those up and like, Oh my gosh, what are we doing? How do we know this is going to turn out um, on those days when all she's picking to do is sit in her bedroom and do nothing, I feel like, <laughs> or she's, she reads hours and hours and hours a day of fluff um, sometimes, but as, but then she'll say things and she's like, mom, I get to own this. Like, this is mine. And I'm choosing this and watching her choose to do these hard things that they're not assignments for me. Um, they're extra for her Commonwealth class or whatever, but she's choosing in and it's been really cool to be able to be on the flip side now and say like, look, it is working. Um, but I think just in using classics and showing people like this is how they were educated. I mean, think about how Thomas Jefferson was educated and it was through um, through this type of education and um, and using using those examples, I think, is what has helped get other people on board. And then as they've experienced like core phase, because that's where we all start, right? So as they've experienced and seen the transformation that it's had in their families as they've started from the beginning, so they can immediately feel the transformation and see that change as they've applied the principles of it, the, of leadership education. I love that you bring in core phase because like some people, like that's not something that you can like, let's take a test and have our six-year-old see how they're doing in core phase. Are they ready to move on to level? You know, like there's like not really a quantifiable way to do that. But it was interesting because, you know, I've been doing leadership education from the beginning and sometimes I totally feel like this is, I'm a total failure, especially working with my son who just is very obstinate and stubborn. But I, the other day I had someone say to me, oh yeah, I trust him implicitly to do what's right. And I was like, well, yeah, you know what? That's true. He will tell me when something is wrong. And he'll, t and he will say that you cannot do this. Like, and I was like, you're right. He, he has passing core phase really well. Like he is being able to manage his sphere's influence. And, and I learned that the hard way when I let him, he was gone on a special date with his papa. And I was watching, I had my nephew over who's younger than him and my youngest son, and they disappeared and we lost them because they decided to walk to the park, the three-year-olds. And I was like, oh my gosh, if Cole had been here, this would not have happened because Cole knows the rules and can, and he knows good and bad, right and wrong choices, you know? So it's like, it's so important for that, that core phase to be established so that as they 
grow and they get more difficult choices, their core phase is so strong, right? But it's hard to test that. It's hard to be like, okay, let's let's see, you know, let's do the marshmallow test. But it's like, is that really like really testing core phase? Like, I mean, that's more impulse control, which is a good thing. But <laughs> so I love that you, you bring that up because it's a, a key element that we all have to start with, right? And you have to reevaluate constantly too, is that core phase. Yes, you never leave it. You're always going back. Yeah, I, I've been talking to quite a few leaders in different communities, and there's one topic that keeps coming up, and that's, you know, the inspire, not require, and they are having issues because these teens are like, well, I'm not inspired, so and not, you're not requiring, so I'm just not going to do anything. And so these communities are are having these kids that are not engaged and um i think it all goes back to that core phase okay when did they get in and do they have that core phase but also are the are the mentors actually inspiring them and giving them what they need so anyway have you guys had any um experiences with that um Yes, we're like I said, we're new. Our first year, we did like a transition um, to scholar because we had so many young scholars. And like I said, this was so brand new to everybody. And you have you can see the difference in the kids whose families are really practicing core phase or really practice core phase versus those who jump in and say, hey, we're um, jumping into this and they're scholar. And so they need the scholar phase now. And like, what is all that? But you can't, you can't go from nothing to scholar phase. You have to go through core and love and learning first. And from our experience, those kids who have really gotten their core phase and they go fast. It's not like they have to take eight years of core when they're 12 years old, right? They, they, they go really fast. They move through quickly core and love of learning phase when they're older, if they're set up for the environment. But if their parents are pushing for scholarly projects and the scholarly work before they've been through core and love of learning, then that's where you get the kids that are disengaged and uninspired. Yeah, we've, you know, we've had parents flat out tell us, if you don't force my kid to do it, they won't do it. And I'm just like, okay, but let's just think about this logistically as a commonwealth. I can't give them a transcript that'll go to college and I can't give them a grade that can go wherever. So what am I forcing them with? Like, there's nothing to force them with, like, other than your, other than shame. Like, what, what kind of thing do you have to require of them other than we're going to kick you out? Like, <laughs> there's not a lot of tools in, in a community-based run scholarly endeavor where you can just like drop the hammer you know like and so like it's frustrates me because it's like no i'm not gonna force like so if i'd say you have to write this paper and the child doesn't write the paper that's like idle talk because i don't have anything to condemn them with right oh i could give them an f but it doesn't matter because it's not official grade and doesn't go anywhere like so i've definitely seen that like, well, you know, well, then you have to tell them it's, it's required. And, and I think like one of the biggest things that I've seen is that the transition needs to happen where the, and then this just comes with culture, I think, or how you create the atmosphere of your commonwealth is this is your education and your responsibility. This has to transfer. Like, I'm asking you to do this because it's good for you. 
but this is ultimately your responsibility. And if you choose to drop the ball, then you choose to drop the ball. And there's nothing else I can do about it. And I'm going to make it fun. I'm going to make it entertaining. I'm going to make it really awesome. But ultimately, I'm I'm not going to force you because what am I? Gonna, what kind of tools I have? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I actually in my um, my credential, my teaching credential program, I had to write a paper on, you know, what would you do if you didn't have grades to get your kids to do the work? And I'm like, oh, I can answer this one. This is cool. Like, <laughs> um, so I I really enjoyed that paper, but. One um, one of the things I talk about a lot at homeschool conventions is motivation. And there's a great book um, by Daniel Pink called Drive. And it talks about how to inspire people. And it's more business level, but it is, it is very applicable to especially our teens. And I, I highly recommend it. But it, one of the things that I found um, really kind of exciting is that in leadership education and Lemmy specifically, we incorporate all of these things. And I mean, this was written, you know, Lemmy was started way before um, this was written. So, um, you know, Tiffany and Nellity were are geniuses. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, one of the things is that autonomy and, you know, giving the kids autonomy is so motivational because they, 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 you know, they have those choices. And like Tara, you said, going back to, you know, why you do it because, you know, why you started it because you're the black sheep and, you know, you, nobody could tell you what to do. Well, this is, that is motivational to kids too. And really all leaders have to have a little bit of that spitfire in them to, to get things going. So, um, but anyway, that's just, that's just one of the things that he talked about read the book. We just read it for our family foundations class and um, everybody loved it. And it, we had a great conversation. So anyway. So Tara, if you could, as we're kind of winding down, um, if you, if you were approached by someone who was like, Hey, I just moved to this place and I want to start a Commonwealth. Like what, how would you mentor them? Um, I would tell them to go take Lemmy's school leadership training. <laughs> and then I would say, um, gather your moms first, do a project together, whether it's um, the gathering project, which I don't know if Lemmy still offers that or not, or if that is that still a thing. Um, so we whether do a gathering project or a book club or um, a service club or something where you're with the moms and you're able to discuss ideas and principles and education together um, and do that first. Because if we wouldn't have had, if I would have come here and tried to just jump in and say, hey, come together and make this huge community, it would have been a really hard sell, I think. But because we had gathered mothers first and we had um, created this community of moms, and then they wanted to go do that together. Now, I think if I would have like maybe done like Shakespeare or something like that, then that could have also grown that. But I just didn't have, I needed the, my, I needed my moms first. I needed them together first. So that would have been, that's my biggest piece of advice, I think, is just gathering the mothers. That That is a really good point because I think as moms, especially homeschool moms, we, um, you know, we're looking for a community for our kids. I mean, that's, 
you know, but it's really by gathering the moms first and, you know, yeah, you're doing it for your kids to learn more and, and all of that and find families to be with it. But you recognize how important it is for you to have a community, you know, and after decades of doing this, I mean, really having a strong community for your family and for yourself, that's what makes or breaks, you know, your homeschool journey. I mean, if you don't have that community to support you, your kids don't get homeschooled, at least not long-term. Um, it's, you really need to add. So anyway, I can't, I just can't say that enough. So, and actually the gathering project, um, it, it is part of the library community series at this point. Um, I am working to separate it. And um, in 2024, we are going to be offering workshops for the Gathering Project, um, the Freedom Project, and the Five Pillars. So those are going to be separate. We're going to be separating them out rather than having them be just one thing. And I'm doing that to um, make it so that it's, first of all, it's a lot cheaper and a lot shorter time period for people to be able to commit to. Because I know as as homeschool moms, especially ones that are, you know, going to get started, you know, building a community, um, they need, you know, they have a lot on their plate. So I wanted to make it a, a, an easier thing for, for everybody to do. And, um, and also that way, you know, they can do little bites at a time. You don't have to like basically learn how to mentor Quest at the same time as, you know, mentoring like key of liberty so um <laughs> which can be a little bit a little bit hard to swallow so so anyway we're gonna we're gonna be doing rolling that out um after training regular training um this year so uh fall of 2024 awesome that'll be great okay well one of the things that we always ask at the very end is, you know, the name of our podcast is Lemmy Works. If you could just sum up why Lemmy Works for you and your family, you know, how would you, what would you say? Lemmy has been life-changing, especially being, um, being a part of the community and helping others to be able to build community. That, that has just been so huge. And having seen those projects that Lemmy offers and watching them change my own daughter and watching them change me as I've gone through those projects and um, has been huge. It's been, it's transformed our thinking. It's transformed our culture in our community and in, in our family. Um, I just, Lemmy works. It does. It does what the mentoring aspect of it is huge and being able to learn how to mentor and to have our whole community tra trained as mentors um, from Lemmy has been, has been big. Well, that's awesome. Thank you, Tara, so much for being here today. This was so much fun to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Just as in every Lemmy training, we hope you walk away uplifted and inspired, but also empowered to be a better mentor for your family and your community. Please be sure to subscribe and share. 
We also want to express our gratitude to all the Lemmy mentors, past and present. You got this. You can do hard things.